Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, welcome to our latest podcast. Uh, the first cuts have occurred. In fact, first and second over last weekend. Neither Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times nor I have been cut yet. So we discussed the first kind of round and were there any really major surprises, Mark, as you look at the big picture of the Rays, at least as we speak, or down to 49 in camp? And to me, there were a couple, Neil. I mean, not huge, huge, or, you know, big, big. But I did think that Christian Arroyo was a guy who would be kept around a little bit deeper into camp. I just thought with the idea being that, you know, Matt Duffy's health is in question. Christian Arroyo has played in the big leagues before. Um, you know, the Rays do have a lot of moving parts in the infield. So I was surprised he was, like, you know, sent down when he was. Although, you know, again, with all of them, and Kevin Cash explained, they want to get them in my camp, get them into routine, get them playing. The other one that surprised me was Jake Faria. And it was maybe a little selfishly because I spent some time Sunday morning talking with Jake for a story I was going to write Tuesday or Wednesday in the paper in the Tampa Bay Times about him and his hopes to get back to the big leagues right away this year. And, you know, he looked really good, really Really good early in camp. Excuse me, I'm having a little mid-camp uh, dead arm, dead mouth period here. But you know, and Cash had praised him a couple times, so I thought he really had a shot. It was going to be you know outside looking in, but I thought he had a shot as they figure out if they want three or four longer guys. And they did send him down with the same kind of concept of go get ready and we'll get you back at some point. But I, I think that was probably the two that stood out to me. And in both cases, you can argue really the same story that the Rays from this certainly value obviously what you did the year before a whole lot more than what you're doing in spring training and they look at that small sample size and say okay now let's get you ready for the regular season and see if you can kind of continue and build off it yeah and and the other thing too that's kind of a common thread with both those guys Neil is they both missed time with injury last year so the Rays didn't have you know a great sense of what they were going to do at the big league level based on a full season you know, they both were, like I said, on the fringe of competing for those jobs but had a shot. So I, I get the concept. I understand it. But it still was a little bit of a surprise. I mean, the other guys, for the most part, were either guys that were just, you know, kind of there to help fill out camp rosters, were there to get an opportunity. A guy like Lucius Fox. Uh, you know, Nick Shufo's another guy you could say maybe they would have kept him around, looked at him a little bit longer. But I think they really went into camp thinking that, you know, Zanino and Michael Perez were going to be their two guys. And, you know, Shufo's a lefty. He was up for part of the year last year, but Michael Perez is going to be the left-handed hitting catcher. And minor league games start on the 13th. So this gives those guys, you talked about getting reps, um, those guys who are 
been optioned or reassigned to minor league camp now will get whether it's a position player three four at bats a day uh, rather than you know one or two whether it's a pitcher getting stretched out to five or six innings that's important as well it is but the balance of that is you know when you're in major league camp you get some pretty good money for your live out money your meal money you eat a little bit better food on that side of the clubhouse there's more room to you know spread out there's more amenities there's more equipment there's more things uh, you know, at your um, you know request that you need, and you get to hang out with you if you're in Major League Clubhouse. They get to hang out and be interviewed by you. Well, I, I think Blake Snell likes my interpreting skills and has enjoyed that part of it. Um, you know, you look at what Blake did this week, and I think that's probably one of the other stories we want to touch on. He had a really tough day against USF, and it's clear he learned from it because he was the Cy Young Award winner in his outing against the Phillies here in Clearwater. Yeah, it's really been an interesting week for Blake Snell, and, and you know he did have the rough outing against USF, where he you know pretty much you know threw himself under the bus afterward, but admitting that he really didn't pre- prepare himself mentally for it, you know, saying it was kind of a lose lose proposition in his mind facing college kids. You know, if he got him out, he was supposed to if they got hits off him, but to not even get through the first inning, I mean, I think you know if he would step back and look at it, he'd have to admit that was disappointing. And they gave him the extra day, he came in here to face the Phillies today, you know. Big crowd, a little bit of hype with Bryce Harper in the lineup. I mean, I know he poo-pooed our narrative that it was a big deal for him to strike out Bryce Harper uh, in that Monday game in Clearwater. But still, you know, I think he was just in a better mindset. I think you saw him pitch better. And then you also had the contract issue. His contract was renewed by the Rays on Sunday. Uh, you know, I had spoken to him earlier in the week, and he'd said, you know, he's disappointed. He knew it was headed that way. And then, you know, through his agents, issued a statement yesterday. And, you know, n- none of those guys, you know, especially the first time their contract kind of becomes news, like talking about it. We saw that with Ryan Stanek and Joey Wendell, who also were renewed. You know, they're kind of like, I don't really want to talk about it. I want to focus on, you know, what I'm doing on the field. And as they kind of get into free agency and their contracts are bigger deals, they know it's a bigger part of the discussion. But it was a really interesting week for uh, for Blake Snell, and I thought the way he came out and pitched on Monday against the Phillies, you know, just pretty much said, I'm Blake Snell, I'm good, I know what I got going on here. Yes, and he is going to pitch on opening day, we now know that as well. Now, really at this point of the the spring, we're, you know, less than two and a half weeks from opening day um, as we record this. I think the biggest concern, I would think from a health standpoint at this point, is Matt Duffy, um, and whether he will or won't be able to get ready for opening day. Now, sometimes we put a little too much stock in who's on the opening day roster and who's not, um, but I think the Rays, at least at some point during the spring, would just like to see him playing in, in some games again on a consistent basis. Yeah, I mean, look, the guy's played one game, Neil, at this point as, as we sit here, and you know, Kevin Cash said they'll probably give it until you know Monday or so, so maybe around the 17th 18th somewhere in there and, and then have to make a decision but you know it's it's kind of hard if you say spring training is important these other guys have been out here playing you know every day and and Matt Duffy doesn't need to play but a week or so you do kind of wonder and he's a guy who has missed time with injuries obviously you know during his tenure here with the Rays and you know did put on a bunch of weight and the kind of narrative there was that was going to make him healthier and stronger and be able to withstand the the rigors of a season and, and those type of things but he hasn't been able to get on the field yet in spring training with the hamstring I, I understand being cautious with it it makes sense and just the fact that he kind of volunteered the other day to us that you know if it means I'm not ready to start the season but it keeps me healthy for the other five and a half months I've got to look at it that way it makes me think that in his mind that's where this may be headed. And, and if that turns out to be the case, so be it. I think uh, for his sake, I'd love to see him play in San Francisco on that first road trip against the Giants because that would be his first time back. You don't get many chances to, to play against your original organization. If he's not ready, and again, we may be talking about this next week again too, 
um, what what are the possible scenarios? Because there are a number of them that could occur. Do the Rays carry a thirteenth pitcher? Do they add a third? Is it, is there someone else who gets the last position player spot? There are a lot of things to consider for the Rays. Yeah, I mean, there'd be a couple ways they could do it, Neil. And and you know, obviously, we mentioned the fact of having Christian Arroyo on the team, and and you know, I guess in theory he could be recalled from option, but. Um, the way they're set up right now, I think one would be to put Guillermo Heredia on the team, the extra outfielder who they picked up in the trade with Seattle, the Malik Smith trade. It doesn't look like he fits right now because Brandon Lau, I think, is going to be on the team. But Heredia could be on the team. That would allow you know the Rays have some plans where some of that outfield depth is actually the infielders, whether it's Brandon Lau and it was also supposed to be Matt Duffy, kind of a lefty-righty option run out there. So putting Heredia on the team would provide the extra position player that way. They could go with an extra pitcher. And we know Kevin Cash will say, and he said it again, he was talking to Jason Stark, you know, the great writer with The Athletic, and he made some joke to Jason Stark about, you know, give me any scenario you have, and I'll always take an extra pitcher. I mean, he always wants that extra arm, and, and certainly the way the Rays used a bullpen, that makes sense, but they could go that direction. But then, you know, the third series of the year at the San Francisco Giants, they made a point of setting their rotation up to use openers in those games you might want to have the extra position player available for those games because you know you're going to probably pinch hit every time the pitcher spot comes up. At least we know they're going to probably do it the first time for sure, depending on how the rest of the game goes. And then the question is, okay, the last bullpen spots. There are a couple of them. Uh, Jake Free, obviously right now, not in the mix, but there's some interesting battles. I would think, what, Emilio Pagan, Adam Kalerik, Jalen Beeks, who threw very well here in Clearwater. They would be among Hunter Wood. Those would be among the guys I think we're probably talking about. Yeah, I think those are probably the four leading candidates, you know, and there's still obviously time for that to shift a little bit, for guys to, to do worse and drop out or do better and, and pitch away into that. I mean, Ryan Merritt's a guy that, you know, the Rays signed him to a minor league deal, praising his strike throwing. You know, could he be a long guy? I mean, if he's going to throw strikes, that's a pretty attractive quality on that. I mean, I think Wilmer Font, we, we kind of agree, is probably on the team if he's okay health-wise, and he can pitch with some length, too, because the Rays may want him to be able to go two or three innings or so, and, you know, he's out of options. So his really choices would be on the team, on the DL, or the IL, excuse me. We're going to have to get used to that one. Or, you know, move on from him. So it'll be interesting to see how they put that together. But I think those four guys you mentioned are probably the lead candidates for those last two spots. I mean, Hobie Milner would be another guy, but he and Kalerik are kind of similar. And I think they like Kalerik at this point a little bit better. Yeah, and being on the 40-man certainly helps at this point. Although the Rays have flexibility. Uh, Brent Honeywell and Jose De Leon. Again, they, uh, excuse me, Jose De Leon, Anthony Bonda can be put on the 60-day DL. Um, Honeywell and De Leon are obviously on a similar timeline with their Tommy John rehab. But again, Bonda and De Leon could be put on the 60-day, which would create some 40-man roster flexibility. Mark has done a marvelous job covering spring training. I invite you to go read him at TampaBay.com, whether it's Snell Story, whether it's the buildup of the farm system, whatever it may be. I have enjoyed it all and have certainly enjoyed our latest segment in our most recent podcast here. Thanks, Neil. I appreciate your help in doing some of these stories, and your $15 will be submitted as usual for the promo. Thank you very much, Mark. I guess I'm always willing to help. I think. Now, as usual here on our midweek podcast, we give you a few interviews from camp. Now, Mark had mentioned that uh, he had planned a story on Jake Faria. Well, actually, I, I did a sit down with Jake, too. And while he's no longer in big league camp, I certainly think he's an important piece going forward. And the two of us uh, sat down. And one of the things I asked him is what he learned from last year and basically what he changed. My approach this year has mainly been, I mean, there's no, there's, pretty much no room for error. I mean, things happen in a game where, you know, like the other day, you know, I 
throwing a lot of strikes, but just stuff happens. So that's whatever. But like, got to be able to you know show that you can throw strikes and you know all that and get guys out. So that was my approach. It's just there's not there's no room for error this year. You know, last year I kind of gave myself that you know hey, you know I don't th- I don't throw well in spring training and you know it's okay. I always figure it out during the season, and it just didn't work that way. So this year I, I had to change the mindset 100%. And so how did you change coming in what, what, with your training, your prep? I mean, obviously you did. You made a lot of significant changes, it's apparent. Yeah, uh, my off-season was completely different. Um, it, my workouts were very different. Uh, I ended up moving. I left California. I went. I moved to Vegas, so I had to find a new trainer. And um, it was just a whole other mentality the whole off-season. It was instead of believing that, you know, you're the guy or you're one of the guys it was kind of like hey I have to go in there and show them that I I can be a guy you know I can that I am that I that I am you know the 2017 Jake and not the 2018 Jake so I kind of just had to hit the reset button what how have you changed physically um how how vast is the difference from last year to this year uh it's I I feel like it's pretty big the last year in spring I was close to like I think I was close to 240 pounds and um, a lot of pretty, a lot of body fat. I think it was like twenty seven percent body fat. That's real. That's a lot, you know. So because I used to just bulk up in the off season and then hope that my training would take the weight off. And the, my training was mostly a lot, it was very a lot of power base. I was squatting a lot, you know, a lot of heavy lifting. This off season was a lot of, you know, not very. And I would do cardio in the off, like prior off seasons too. But this year was a lot of. Um, very functional workouts, a lot of mobility stuff, trying to be, you know keep myself healthy, a lot of core, a lot more core this off season. So it was a lot more longevity based instead of short term, you know, short term explosiveness. So, and what are you at now? I think right now I'm like 225, but my body fat. I started the off season about 225, 230, right in between there, and I went down at the very beginning because I just started losing fat. And then as the season, as the off season went, I started putting on back, putting muscle back on. So my body fat went down, but my weight stayed about the same. So that's, to me, that's a good sign. So how much of that was you, and how much also that was what Kyle might have suggested? Because I know he's good at communicating with all of you. Uh, it was, I think, a lot of the to kickstart the whole the new mindset was Kyle just saying, "Hey, use this off season to." Uh, to dig deep and find yourself and find out who you really are. Cause, and he said that last time he got hurt too. Take the time when I was on the DL to really f- to find myself again because, I mean, and he, he's known me so long. He's known me since 2012. So he knows who I really am, am and who I can be. So, you know, that his words kind of got everything started. And then the rest of it was, you know, on me to, to go out and really take it to heart and figure it out so and Kevin's talked about how you appear much more motivated is that a good way to describe it absolutely last year I went into camp telling myself that I had to earn a job when in reality 2017 had earned me a job because as long as I went out and showed some flashes here and there that I was okay I was going to be in the big leagues to start of the year at least and this year I'm just I, I it's motivation for one to Prove that I'm not terrible. Like 2018 was was not who I am, and there's also motivation that I just I want to be in the big leagues. Like I don't, 
I don't want to start the year in AAA. If I have to, that's one thing, but I don't want to, and I gotta, I'll do, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to not do that. The one thing that was apparent watching you pitch, obviously you're in the zone more, but your velocity's up. Um, is there anything you've changed mechanically, or, or do you think that's the, the improved strength, the improved conditioning, all that that's resulted in it? I think it's a, 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 a little bit of all of that. Um, in the beginning of the offseason, I went home and threw with my pitching coach in San Diego, and it was me, him, and a couple other people that are, they like analyze like mechanics or whatever. And they were telling me that there are certain things that were causing me, causing me to, one, get injured. That was the, my delivery was what got me hurt in 2017. Um, it just started breaking down. And two, was just causing me to fight myself. And why my my velo last year would fluctuate so much. There'd be some days where it was good, and some days where it was really bad, like just not good at all. So we cleaned up the the delivery, and then so that with being stronger and in better shape I feel like has helped a lot. And is there anything you've changed with your pitches or are the, the arsenal still the same as it was kind of fastball breaking ball change up? Yeah arsenal is the same. Um, in 2017 my slider was a little harder a little sharper um, so trying to get back to there but other than that and then just get the change up back consistent again. 2017 my, I could go out there and throw my changeup with my eyes shut and last year it was kind of one day it'd be good and the other days it'd just be terrible and I would have to rely on a fastball and a slider that I had no confidence in at all so um, this year is just trying to get the consistency back behind all of them. And obviously you've gotten off to a pretty good start this spring training. Um, does it matter to you what role? Obviously things have changed a lot in the last yeah. two years. It wasn't it's not a five starter system it's kind of is because there's some guys who are working every fifth day. They're just not beginning the game. Yeah. Um, whatever the role is, I mean, last, I mean, we saw last year when we had all this, when you had a normal starter situation, the season was kind of 50-50. And then as soon as we started changing things up and giving guys opportunities to go out there and, you know, you give Yarbrough an opportunity to go out there and show what he can do. Whatever, However you have to do it for him to be successful, he went out and won 16 games. And, um, you know, Stanek, whether he throws the first inning or the eighth inning, is throwing a shutout inning, or and you know he's 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 eating up innings for the rest of the team. So I mean, however guys have to go out there and be successful, you still have to play a full nine innings. And however you get from inning one to nine or out number one to twenty-seven, and in the end, if you win, that's all that matters. So if that's how we're, if that's what I have to do, and that's how we're going to go about it again this year, then that's what we're going to do. That's Jake Faria, and it certainly sounds like he's on the right path, and if that's the case, he's certainly going to be a big part of this 2019 season. Sometimes I think we get too hung up on who's on the opening day roster. We know there's going to be a lot of change. The Rays used uh, 50-plus players last year, and I would think a lot of guys are going to contribute if the Rays get to where they want to go during the course of this season, and I do believe that Jake Faria is a big part of that. Now, another guy who's a big part of that who is still in camp is one Jalen Beeks. I think other than his first appearance against the Baltimore Orioles, Jalen made a very good impression last year when he came over in the Nathan Ovaldi deal from the Boston Red Sox. And he had two months last year to acclimate himself. And I asked him how that much is, or how that has helped him going into this year. Yeah, I mean, just having two months of experience with these with these guys, these coaches, I mean, it makes it a little easier coming into spring training, uh, knowing, knowing everybody already, uh, having relationships. So 
Absolutely. It makes you a little, little more at ease coming in, just playing baseball and just competing and trying to get better. And it makes it takes a lot off your shoulders. You, um, how, do you, do you approach spring, how do you approach spring training? Because for every guy, it's different. For you, I guess you're trying to make sure you are in a roster spot. Absolutely. I mean, nothing's guaranteed. And that's how I thought this offseason. I took it. I tried to push myself even harder than I have in previous offseasons uh, to get ready for this season and get ready for spring training because it's, it's a competition. There's so many good pitchers here, so many good players on this team. A lot of talent, like nothing's guaranteed. I got to pitch my way uh, onto this roster, and that's my goal. So I came in ready to go, and uh, I've been competing since I got here. I'm trying to get guys out and prove that I belong. Yeah, how do you balance that? Because you want to be process oriented to make sure that you know you're gearing up for the regular season, but at the same time, you probably in the back of your mind are thinking a little bit about results, right? Absolutely. I mean, health is obviously top priority uh, in spring training. Um, you know, I'm not trying to sit out there and throw all day uh, and just wear out my arm because if I'm hurt, I'm not going to play anywhere this year. Um, so you got to balance that. But at the same time, I'm pushing myself, throwing, trying to trying to spin every single pitch, trying to work on change up slider, curveball, everything, uh, and getting all my work in. So it's it's a real balance. I got to trust Snyder and uh, Stan and just listen to what they tell me because they've been here before and I haven't. So. And I know how good Kyle and Stan are at communicating. So. Did you meet with Kyle in the offseason at all? I'm sure you talked to him plenty. And what were kind of the focal points for this year? Yeah, uh, he actually uh, flew down uh, to Arkansas to see a couple guys. I think he was traveling around, which is really awesome. Never seen that before. Um, but, yeah, we've been working on, you know, just lower half, using my lower half more, um, getting in a better position uh, just to release the baseball on time, uh, shortening my stab a little bit in the back with my – with my arm, um, just just multiple things, pushing off the heel. We've worked on a lot, um, just coming over from the, from the Red Sox, who helped me tremendously, obviously, throughout my career. But uh, they brought some new stuff to me. I've been working on it. It's been really helping. What have you seen uh, in terms of results? Because the thing that stands out to me is at least your fastball velocity seems like it's up yeah. from the end of last year. Absolutely. Velo's been up. Uh, I'm starting to – Snides calls it marrying the, marrying the two. So we're trying to get in the zone more with better velocity and better better spin on every single pitch. Um, so that's the goal. I was a little wild coming into spring training. I was throwing harder, but it was a little bit harder to get in the zone. Uh, that's where the bat, short, shorter back arm – uh, throwing arm comes in, uh, and it's helped me a lot get in the zone. Hopefully, we're going to continue, keep going. And from a role standpoint, you know, I know you've started. You know, here you've you followed openers before. How do you kind of approach things, and do they want to see how well your arm bounces back so you can be stretched out but also be able to go one or two innings if need be? Yeah, uh, you know, I'm just ready for any role because, again, we've got so many talented guys. We've got a lot of options, you know, so I'm trying to be as versatile as I can be. Um, and I'll do whatever they tell me to be. I, want to, I just want to be on the team, you know what I mean? Um, but I'm ready ready for whatever role they put me in. And beyond the, the change of the mechanics, what are the secondary, like your secondary stuff? Is there noticeable things that a fan would see that, or, or things that you're trying to make sure sharpen up as you get ready? Yeah, uh, you know, obviously worked on the curveball and the changeup, which were kind of my go-tos last year. Uh, fastball's the same. I am throwing a slider instead of cutter this year, trying to get a little more, a little more depth, a little easier attack lefties with it um just another pitch that snyder and stan thought would mix well with the rest of my pitches so that's the one thing physically are you any different than let's say last year um have you you know obviously you said you wanted to use your core and your lower half more have you added any weight i have not added any weight i think i've lost 
fat and gain muscle. I think I'm stronger than I've ever been right now. I really concentrate on strength this off season. Um, so I'm, I'm might not look like it, but I'm lifting heavier and I'm I have more strength than I have before. And you obviously feel a difference. Absolutely, I feel much more stable on the mound, a lot stronger, uh, just more power in general. So I'm excited about this year. How much? I mean, obviously he's younger, but have you leaned on Blake at all? You obviously have different arsenals, but sometimes left-handers, it's easier to have someone to relate to. Absolutely. I mean, he throws, you know, he throws the curveball like I do, and like obviously his stuff is unbelievable. Um, and he's got just every single one of his pitches is plus pitch. But uh, just being able to talk to him, pick his brain, learn from him, and just just watch him really uh, has helped me a lot. But yeah, we we have some similar stuff, even though we're not on the same uh, level as of right now. Good stuff from Jalen Beeks, and it certainly appears that right now he has the inside track in terms of making a race opening day roster uh, would be his first opening day roster. Uh, for Jalen, again, at the major league level. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, Minor league games begin on the 13th. So that said, we did have another minor league interview for you. Uh, Had mentioned that uh, in February, got a chance to speak with a number of players who came in for some special camps. Among those is Moises Gomez. Now, Moises uh, came into a minor league camp having already played in some major league games for the Rays. Uh, He had a terrific winter. Um, He had a terrific season last year for Bowling Green for that part. Uh, In fact, you could argue that he was as valuable as any player on the Bowling Green roster and maybe one of the underrated guys in the Rays system. I had a chance to chat with Moises a little bit. Um, Again, still working on my Spanish and asked him a little bit of how he got started in his pro career and how he got started playing baseball. Uh, My father, he's all the the day he go to the field. He helped me for my hitting and cash difference. He's my father. Quantos uh, años, how old when you st- who got out of baseball, started playing? He's starting four years old. <laughs> and now he's professional in my son race with race and 16 years old. Uh, did you play other sports? Who got the otra deportes? Basketball. Yeah, I mean, a little guy is play baseball. For you, were you good? So so. How about Bueno. Um, uh, what is your story about how you signed with the Rays? ¿Cuál es tu historia acerca de formar con los Rays? En español, es okay. Aquí está. Oye, me dieron la oportunidad y. I was given the opportunity uh, to play with the Rays, and I'm so grateful for being here. I'm so happy they have believed in me, and they gave me the opportunity to be here. Did try out? Did how did how they find you? How did you end up with the Rays? Because muchos, uh, many teams wanted you, I would guess. ¿Cuántos equipos te querían? ¿Cuántos trayados hiciste? ¿Cómo terminaste aquí firmando con los Tampa Bay Rays? Hice mucho, no hice mucho trayado, pero me querían los Mets, Milwaukee, pero fui a firmar con, fui a un trayado con Tampa y me dieron la oportunidad y más dinero y agarré esta oportunidad también. I didn't perform many tryouts, but Milwaukee and Mets, I got offer from them, but I got a better offers for the race. Um, 
you're very strong, tú eres fuerte, ¿quién en tu familia es fuerte como tú? Who, who else in your family is strong like you? My father is Sammy, uh, me more strong. <laughs> and, and you had a very good year last year. Uh, el año pasado fuiste muy bueno. Uh, ¿Por qué? Why? Because so happy, have fun in the game. That's it. This year, how do you want to improve? Este año, ¿cómo quieres mejorar? Más divertido en el juego y te enfocas en lo mío, en ayudar al equipo. I want to enjoy the game and be focused on helping my teammates and the whole team. You got to play winter ball in Venezuela this offseason. What was that like? Who got the baseball de invierno in Venezuela? ¿Cómo fue eso? It's a good experience because I play with four or five big league with Andy Chávez, Ronnie Cedeño, Andrés Eloy Blanco. It's very important for my career. For any help ayudar al equipo más aquí, más experiencia en el home. Get more experience to help my team and more experience even better. Andy Chávez, how did he help you? Andy Chávez te ayuda este invierno, yes, si? A lot. Is defense yeah, with my defense and and running. And uh, Richard Hidalgo, who was your hitting coach too. What did you learn, to, uh, Richard Hidalgo, to entrenador de bateo? ¿Qué aprendiste? Aprendí mucho en situaciones de juego. Por lo menos tres hombres en base, cómo me iban a pichar, o hombre en segunda y la de segunda él gane y la primera está libre. Aprendí esas cosas que no, que no, antes sabía, pero no creía capaz de hacer y lo logré este año en, en el invierno. I learned a lot from him on baseball situations, like third, uh, three men on bases and how, where they're going to get pitched and all that. So I had a really good experience with him and I learned many things from him on defense. ¿Cómo se dice rookie? ¿Novato? Sí. ¿Tú eres novato de año? Muy bueno. You were the rookie of the year. What was that? What did that mean? He's he's great because he's so happy with my family. He's unbelievable. It's incredible. Surprise? Sorprendido? Yeah, so sorry. This <laughs> is only helping my thingy. That's it. It's for my team. <laughs> you smile. I see you smile a lot. You're always happy. So, so ¿Ríes mucho siempre está feliz? Es, es lo más importante que tengo y no lo puedo perder. Es lo más importante que tengo. No puedo perderlo. ¿Always that way? ¿Siempre? Um, momentos buenos, momentos malos, siempre estoy sonriendo. Good times, bad times, I'm always smiling. And last year, uh, you won a championship, campeón. Uh, how, what did that mean? <laughs> Increíble, eso fue increíble. Pues, my team, el equipo estaba siempre unido y eso fue lo que llegó a que quedáramos campeón. That was unbelievable. It was a really good experience and the team was always together, uh, working hard together, and I think that was the key for our success. And who, who with the Rays uh, player helps you a lot? Has helped you a lot. Uh, que entrega. Entrenador te ayuda mucho con los tres. Oh, because, uh, more in 
Warner, en Freire, eso. Todo el tiempo están ahí conmigo ayudándome y ellos son los uno de los que me han ayudado más aquí. Yeah, my hitting coaches, Warner, Rincones, and Art Freire, they have helped me a lot, and I think they are the most have been working with me, honestly. Is there anything else, this is a hard one for me to ask in Spanish, that you would want to tell about your story to the fans, about how you got here, about your story? ¿Quieres decir algo de tu historia para los fans, de cómo llegaste aquí, lo que has hecho? Solo decían la gente en donde yo vivo, en Venezuela, que no podía, que siempre iba a ser un suplente de, de los demás. Y solamente confiaba a mi papá en mí y mi mamá. Y cada día iba a mejorarme, iba enfocado a lo que quería. Y eso me ayudó a estar aquí y sigo enfocado en ellos para que ellos vivan mejor y tengan mejor vida. Not many people in Venezuela believed in me. So only my father and my mother. Uh, so I just uh, kept focused all the time and working hard. And that's what brought me here, the confidence of my family and my hard work. So that's all I have, and that's what I'm going to keep doing, smiling and playing hard. Tu tienes un grande familia, pequeña familia? First, my parents, is my parents and me. No, that's it, in my oh. house. Pequeña? No, no, no hermano y hermana? Okay, well, muchas gracias. Thank you very, very much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you for the time. Special thanks to Moises Gomez for joining us. Also, Jake Faria, Jalen Beeks, and Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times. Uh, we will have one more midweek podcast during the course of spring training. That is the final off day next week. This coming weekend, we have our latest countdown to opening day show, and you can hear from Austin Meadows, Tyler Glasnow, two guys who will be a big piece of the 2019 puzzle that's coming up this Saturday and Sunday. Thanks very much for being with us. We will talk with you soon.